February 24th. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for today's reading. We thank you for these fabulous apparatuses you have, Lord God. The high, high technology that we could use, Lord, to demonstrate your faithfulness, Lord God. And Lord, to, work, to love you with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our souls, and all our iPhones, Lord. Everything we can possibly can, Lord God, to so, you, so you can instruct us, Jesus, in the way we should go. And keep us, Lord. We need keeping, Lord. Thank you for the reading of your word. February 24th. Amen. Uh, yes. Leviticus chapter 15 to chapter 16, verse 28. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Any man who has a body discharged is ceremonially unclean. This defilement is caused by his discharge, whether the discharge continues to or stops. In either case, the man is unclean. Any bed on which the man with the discharge lies and anything on which he sits will be ceremonially unclean. So if you touch the man's bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. If you sit... Where the man with the discharge has sat, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will be remain unclean until evening. If you touch the man with the discharge, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. If the man spits on you, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. Any saddle blanket on which the man rides will be ceremonially unclean. If you touch anything that was under the man, you will be unclean until evening. You must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. If the man touches you with, without first rinsing his hands, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. Any clay pot the man touches must be broken. Any wooden utensil he touches must be rinsed with water. When the man with the discharge is healed, he must count out seven days for the period of purification. Then he must wash his clothes and bathe himself in fresh water. And he will be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day, he must get two turtle doves or two young pigeons and come before the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle and give his offering to the priest. The priest will offer one bird for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. Through this process, the priest will purify the man before the Lord for his discharge. <clears throat> Whenever a man has an emission of semen, he must bathe his entire body in water. And he will remain ceremonially unclean until the next the next evening. Any clothing or leather with semen on it must be washed in water, and it will remain unclean until evening. After a man and a woman have sexual intercourse, they must each bathe in water, and they will remain unclean until the next evening. When a woman has her menstrual period, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. Anyone who touches her during that time will be unclean until evening. Anything on which the woman lies or sits during the time of her period will be unclean. If any of you touch her bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. If you touch any object she has sat on, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself 
in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. This includes her bed of any other object she has sat on. You will be unclean until evening. If you touch it, if a man has sexual intercourse with her and her blood touches him, her menstrual impurity will be transmitted to him, and he will remain unclean for seven days. Any, and any bed on which he, she lies will be unclean. If a woman has a flow of blood for many days that is unrelated to her menstrual period, it, or if the blood continues beyond the normal period, she is ceremonially unclean. As during her menstrual period, the woman will be unclean as long as the discharge continues. Any bed she lies on and objects she sits on during the time will be unclean, just as during her normal menstrual period. If any of you touch these things, you'll be ceremonially unclean. You must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. When the woman's bleeding stops, she must count off seven days, then she will be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons and present them to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. Through this process, the priest will purify her better, her before the Lord for the ceremony and purity caused by her bleeding. This is how you will guard the people of Israel from ceremony uncleanness. Otherwise, they would die. For their impurity will defile my tabernacle that stands among them. These are the instructions for dealing with anyone who has a bodily discharge. A man who is unclean because of an emission of semen or a woman during her menstrual period. It applies to any man or woman who has a bodily discharge and to a man who has sexual intercourse with a woman who is ceremonially unclean. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons who died after they entered the Lord's presence and burned the wrong kind of fire before him. The Lord said to Moses, Warn your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. If he does, he will die, for the ark's cover, the place of atonement, is there, and I myself am present in the cloud above the atonement cover. When Aaron enters the sanctuary area, he must follow these instructions fully. He must bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He must put on his linen tunic and the linen undergarments worn next to his body. He must tie the linen sash around his waist and put the linen turban on his head. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself in water before he puts them on. Aaron must take from the community of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron will present his own bull as a sin offering to purify himself and his family, making them right with the Lord. Then he must take the two male goats and present them to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. He is to cast sacred lots to determine which goat will be reserved as an offering to the Lord, and which will carry the sins of the people to the wilderness of Azazel. Aaron will then present it as a sin offering, the goat chosen by Lot for the Lord, the other goat, the escape goat chosen by Lot to be sent away, will be kept alive, standing before the Lord. When it is sent away to Azazel in the wilderness, the people will be purified and made right with the Lord. 
Aaron will present his own bull as a sin offering to purify himself and his family, making them right with the Lord, and he will slaughter the bull of a, as a sin offering. He will fill an incense burner and burn coals from the altar that stands before the Lord. Then he will take up two handfuls of fragrant powder, incense, and will carry the burner and the incense behind the inner curtain. There in the Lord's presence he will put the incense on the burning coals so that the cloud of incense will rise over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. That rests on the Ark of the Covenant. If he follows these instructions, he will not die. Then he must take some of the blood of the bull, dip his finger in it, and sprinkle it on the east side of the atonement cover. He must sprinkle blood seven times with his finger in front of the atonement cover. Then Aaron must slaughter the first goat as a sin offering for the people and carry his blood Behind the inner curtain there, he will sprinkle the goat's blood over the atonement cover and in front of it, just as he did with the bull's blood. Through this process, he will purify the most holy place, and he will do the same for the entire tabernacle, because of the defiling sin and rebelling of the Israelites. No one is allowed inside the tabernacle when Aaron enters it for the purification ceremony. If the Most High forces if the uh, in the most high place no one may enter until he comes out again now after purifying himself his family and all the congregation of israel making them right with the lord then aaron will come out to purify the altar that stands before the lord he will do this by taking some of the blood from the bull and the goat and put it on each of the horns of the altar then he must sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times over the altar and this way he will cleanse it from Israelites defilement and make it holy when Aaron has finished purifying the most holy place and the tabernacle and the altar he must present the live goat he will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all the wickedness rebellion and sins of the people of Israel and this way he will transfer the people's sin to the head of the goat, then a, a man, then a man specially chosen for the task will drive the goat into the wilderness. As the goat goes the, to the wilderness, into the, it will carry all the people's sin upon itself into a desolated area, land. When Aaron goes back into the tabernacle, he must take off the linen garments he was wearing when he enters the most holy place. And he must leave the garments there. Then he must bathe himself with water in a sacred place and put on his regular garments and go out and sacrifice a burnt offering to himself and a burnt offering for the people. Through this process, he will purify himself and the people, making them right with the Lord. He must then burn all the fat of the sin offering on the altar. The man chosen to drive the scapegoat into the wilderness of Azal zeal must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water. Then he may return to camp. Amen. Amen. Mark, Mark chapter. I'm not done. The bull and the goat present as sin offerings, whose blood Aaron takes into the most holy place. 
for the purification ceremony will be carried outside the camp. The animal's hides, internal organs, and dung are, are all to be burned. The man who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water before returning to the camp. Amen. Amen. Um, Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 23. I'm good with my tea. Um, one day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law. <laughs> from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of the disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of land washing before eating. The Jewish, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands. as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, why don't your disciple follow our age-old tradition? They eat for, without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, you hypocritical hypocrites. hypocrites. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. For he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but with their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce. But for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. <laughs> For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own traditions. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God, honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents and you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come. And here, all you who listen, he said, try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles your you. You're defiled by what comes from your heart. Then Jesus went into the house, to a house to get away from the crowd, and the disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either? He asked, Can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? Hmm. Food doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach, and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. Interesting. 
and then he added it is what comes from inside that defiles you for from within of a person's heart come evil thoughts sexual immorality theft murder adultery greed wickedness deceit lustful desires envy slander pride and foolishness all these vile things come from within they are what defile you Amen. Uh, Psalm 40 verses 1, 11 to 17 Lord don't hold back your tender mercies from me let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me for troubles surround me too many to count my sins pile up so high I can't see my way out they outnumber the hairs on my head I have lost all courage please Lord rescue me come quickly Lord and help me may those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame Amen. may those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace let them be horrified by my shame by their shame for they said ah we got them now but may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you may those who love your salvation repeatedly shout the Lord is great as for me since I'm poor and needy let the Lord keep me in his thoughts you are my helper and my Savior oh my God do not delay Lord Amen. Proverbs 10, 13 to 14 says, Wise words come from the lips of people with understanding, but those lacking sense will be beaten with a rod. With wise people treasure, treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster. Amen. Amen. Let me read this, uh, Mark. Chapter 7, 6 through 9 <laughs> says that uh, Jesus replied, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, And these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, You skillfully decisive God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For the Pharisees, obeying God's law was not about loving God. Instead, they obeyed in order to profit, to appear holy, and to heighten their reputation. Obeying God's law was a means but for their own ends. They were using God's law for themselves, not for God. They had become their own gods. Hypocrisy is not knowing is knocking at a door when we are more concerned with our reputation than with our character. If we're doing church while our hearts remain distant from God, and if we're emphasizing where we're obedient, but pointing out where others are failing. You can obey God without loving Him, but we can love God without obeying His commands, John 14, 15. But in the end, obedience without love isn't really worth your time. Paul writes that if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I do, I did. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. First Corinthians thirteen three. 
To the Pharisees who were obeying for their own benefit, Paul responded by saying that they had gained nothing. Have gained nothing. What's motivating your obedience? If it's your reputation, feeling, or self-righteousness, long drawn habits, or is it love? Amen. Mm -hmm. You can... Interesting readings because, uh, you know, it's interesting when Jesus said that you change the traditions because you you say you don't have to take care of your parents because I've given your portion to the church. Yeah. You know, they weren't using that. They were using that as, as a propaganda to the regular people, even the people that weren't, um, weren't priests or things. They say, oh, you don't have to take care of your parents. You can give it to God, you know. And Jesus was standing for the parents as much to, to building up the church. Yeah, they needed something. If they needed something, he, you know, it's... You know, he's saying, hey, point. you know... It's like, even though, there's a, them. even though there's a blessing in the tithe, you know, there's also a blessing when you honor your mother and father according to what the commandments say to do. And that was just one of them, you know. You had quite a bit of them. In the Ten Commandments, it didn't say you must tithe and give 10%, right? It's just a revelation that we should have, that if we have it, you do. Well, you got a lot of examples of 10%. From, you know that. Abraham gave 10% of yeah. how he took. He started yeah, that. Yeah, that was before the, the law. But uh, the other part right here, it says, you know, I don't think by saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. I don't see him saying that. The Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't, because whatever you put in your mouth defiles you, it doesn't defile. I mean, he's talking about the heart right here. And he's just trying to make the point. I mean, this is not, somebody must have put this in there. Well... You know, by saying this, declare that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. Because um, <laughs> there's a lot of verses that, that they have saying, but this is not in the original, this is not in the original. Mm -hmm. You know, they're putting in the 16th century. Mm -hmm. um, because he's talking, you know, it goes quite out of context. He's talking about, you know, he, tell, he gives him the parable. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. And then Jesus went into the house to get away from the crowd. And the disciples asked him what he meant by parable. He just said, don't you understand either? He asked, can't you see that the food you put in your body cannot defile you? Okay. But, you know, any food that a Jewish person put in their mouth was not defilement. You know, it was not, and Jesus, and that thing about Peter, that happened a while back after this. This happened first. Jesus was still there. When that thing, when, Je when Peter yeah, saw that book, thing book, coming down, and, and it says, Peter, kill and eat. And then he goes and he, and he gets people saved. So they're because kind of, you know, saying, it's really not talking about food. It's talking no, about souls. It's talking about, because it says don't. Don't call what I call clean unclean. Yeah, I thought so about like people. Gentiles, yeah. yeah. And then again, right here, it just does, it doesn't mix in. It's it's not a strong argument with me. 
you know, he's talking basically about uh, what comes out of the heart. Mm -hmm. The heart comes defilement and so forth and everything. Well, it is in parentheses there. It says, by saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable. That's not what he's declaring. He's declaring that uh, evil imaginations will come out of your heart. And don't say them. It says, it says you're going to get contaminated. But it's in the other place, he says, is how you respond or watch out for the person that these offenses come through. If these offenses are coming out through you, whoa, to you. That, that was what defiles you. Anyway, I'll bet you there's another commentary. but Yeah, I wonder how the other accounts... The other accounts? Are, I, they don't, the other accounts don't have that. That must be uh, Mark, right? Because mm -hmm. he's just... Throws oh, it, we are in Mark. Yeah, Mark speaks, you know... But you know, this is where a great introduction for it says, What were you like before, Fernando? Well, I had evil thoughts, sexual immorality, death, murder. I don't know if that person died. Adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. But I'm not like that no more. Thank God. Thank God we're not like that anymore. No yeah. That covers a lot there. Yeah, you know, and that's what we tell people that we've been delivered from. You don't know what's, what's this foolishness, drinking. Don't even have drinking. Don't have thievery there. Deceit, pride, huh? Lying. Don't have those things. <laughs> not honoring your parents. Not honoring God. It's amazing how, he, you know, Jesus does value you know, compassion for people's needs. And then, uh, amen. And then the other concern about cleanliness is just something else, huh? Mm -hmm. How much cleanliness, how much God did not want, uh, or how easily bacteria can spread. Yeah. You know, and, and they must, and it's interesting, he said, if you don't do this, you're going to die because, you know, the tabernacle will kill you. You know, you get close to the tabernacle, it'll burn you up. They're doing it for their own, for their own good. Yeah. And going back to Mark seven verse eight, <laughs> um, or even uh, above there, um, before that, which is number, uh, Jesus replied. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. Is there a, yeah. I prophesied about you. For he wrote, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. You know, um, there's a lot out there don't do this don't do that don't wear pants to church put a little veil on your head when you come in you know genuflect before you go in the pew I mean it's incredible what man has put those are easy ones compared yeah. to other religions yeah I mean you know compared to the Muslims yeah. you know, they're made, made made laws 
by the yeah they were they're not our god they have their own god their own and uh, I don't know what religion it was, but some guys are still mad at the women for eating the apple. <laughs> I've seen them get it. And the women, they're all crying in the corner. And I go back a year later, and they're heavier, and their hairs are warm, and they're still crying on the corner. And the man and the, and the guy comes from out of town, and he starts picking on them. You know, talking to them like that, that they're, they're wearing those long Mennonite dresses and stuff. And... They're crying because uh, Eve ate the apple. <laughs> I've seen that, you know. Yeah? Yeah. They were being blamed for <laughs> Eve eating the apple. And, oh, man. Yeah, yeah you know, it, it's just, you know, don't eat this, don't eat that, you know. Hey man, thank you, Lord God. Vegetables, you know. Yeah, you know, um, I really believe, you know, on this. No meat, but eat all the sugar instead, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he's talking, and so you cancel the word of God in order to hands down your own traditions, mm -hmm. and this is only one example among many others. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come to them. Now that was the argument, right? The hypocrites. Yeah, but I like the way he says it. it says you skillfully sidestep. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you unintentionally do that. You're doing it with skill. And then, well, you know, they were greedy. They wanted the people not to give and say, hey, well, I got my parents way at the other town. I got to give them money. He goes, no, no, no. You can better give it to God. Give it to us. We're the representatives of God. Now, that's what they were teaching. Mm -hmm. They were teaching more greed yeah. towards themselves and teaching it to the people. Mm -hmm. You see? He, he said, I, and, I, and try to understand, he tells. It's not what goes into your body that defies you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Now, he was talking, that was the same topic as this over here. Yeah. Okay, that's the same topic. You know, you're needing your, your parents. Your worship is a farce, man, you know. Mm -hmm. So in other words, it's it's their teachings that's defiling you. Mm -hmm. What's inside of their hearts. Yeah, then Jesus went into a house to get away, and they said, Don't you understand either? Yes, you, can't you see that the food you put in your body, or, or the words, mm -hmm. the teachings that come into you, food, food doesn't go into your heart, okay? The teachings, they won't get you. If your spirit filled full of God, Good is going to come out of your heart. You're going to take care of your, you know, so it's, it's just do yeah. common sense things it and take be, care of your parents. It would be a normal thing for you to do. Yeah, for you to care for your parents, right. you know, stuff like right. that. Um, or, you know, because they had so many of them, so he had to cut to the chase. He said, they're teaching you wrong things. From he had it from the, the hearts, the way they're they're doing, they're they're coming out with evil thoughts in their hearts, all this stuff, greed, wickedness, deceit. He's still talking about the the, 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 the lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defiles you, and they're and and they're what the Pharisees are activating in people, you know. You teach people. You teach people. Now, what if we do long, babe? I don't know. It would be good to read another translation. Oh, okay. <laughs>
Okay, Mark, what translation will give it up? I'm thinking about the Message Bible. What do you think? Go ahead, yeah, great idea. Better the app. No? Mark 7? Mm-hmm. Well, you put the right twist to it, the Message. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I understand this guy. No pennies from heaven from him, huh? Well, because <laughs> you talk about it. Oh. <laughs> We're still recording, honey. Okay, well. Hurry. Oh, he says, uh... Hang on, hang on. Let me read this. Okay. And he went on, well, good for you. You get rid of God's commands so you won't be inconvenienced in following the religious fashions, Moses said. Respect your father and your mother... And anyone denouncing father or mother will be killed. But you weasel out of that by saying that it's perfectly acceptable to say to your father or mother, Gift, what I owe you, I given as a gift to God, thus relieving yourself of obligation to father or mother. You scratch out God's word and scrawl a whim in its place. You do a lot of things like this. Jesus called the crowd together again and said, Listen, now, all of you, take this to heart. It's not what you swallow that pollutes your life. It's what you vomit. That's the real pollution. When he was back at home, after being with the crowd, his disciples, We don't get it. Put it in plain language. He said, Are you being willfully stupid? Don't you see that what you swallow can't contaminate you? It doesn't enter your heart. But your stomach works its way through the intensive and is finally flushed. That took care of dietary quibbling. Jesus was saying that all foods are fit to eat. Now this one says the same thing. He went on. It's what comes out of a person that pollutes obscenities, lust, death, murders, adulteries. All these are vomit from the heart. There's the source of your pollution. From there Jesus sent out. Okay. It's not... about the good news translation who's got the guts uh, he said that took care of dietary quibbling that's the message bible he went on to say it's what comes out of your mouth that makes you unclean for from the inside from your heart comes the evil ideas which lead you to do immoral things to rob kill commit adultery all these things come from the inside you and make you unclean in saying this jesus declared that all foods are fit to be eaten hmm. easy to read version says when Jesus said this, he meant there is no food that is wrong for people to eat. I guess I'm not going to find a controversy. Huh? looking for a while I'm just wondering well maybe you're right the amplified I'm almost done honey
The amplifier says this thing doesn't switch over that easy. Got stuck. Amen. February 24th. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for today's reading. We thank you for these fabulous apparatuses you have, Lord God. The high, high technology that we could use, Lord, to demonstrate your faithfulness, Lord God. And Lord, to, work, to love you with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our souls, and all our iPhones, Lord. Everything we can possibly can, Lord God. To, so, you, so you can instruct us, Jesus, in where we should go. And keep us, Lord. We need keeping, Lord. Thank you for the reading of your word. February 24th. Amen. Uh, yes. Leviticus chapter 15 to chapter 16, verse 28. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. Any man who has a body discharged is ceremonially unclean. This defilement is caused by his discharge, whether the discharge continues to or stops. In either case, the man is unclean. Any bed on which the man with the discharge lies and anything on which he sits will be ceremonially unclean. So if you touch the man's bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. If you sit where the man with the discharge has sat, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water and you will be remain unclean until evening. If you touch the man with the discharge, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water and you will remain unclean until evening. If the man spits on you, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water and you will remain unclean until evening. Any saddle blanket on which the man rides will be ceremonially unclean. If you touch anything that was under the man, you will be unclean until evening. You must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. If the man touches you with, without first rinsing his hands, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. Any clay pot the man touches must be broken. Any wooden utensil he touches must be rinsed with water. When the man with the discharge is healed, he must count out seven days for the period of purification. Then he must wash his clothes and bathe himself in fresh water. And he will be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day, he must get two turtle doves or two young pigeons and come before the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle and give his offering to the priest. The priest will offer one bird for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. Through this process, the priest will purify the man before the Lord for his discharge. Whenever a man has an emission of semen, he must bathe his entire body in water and he will remain ceremonially unclean until the next the next evening. Any clothing or leather with semen on it must be washed in water, and it will remain unclean until evening. After a man and a woman have sexual intercourse, they must each bathe in water, and they will remain unclean until the next evening. When a woman has her menstrual period, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. 
Anyone who touches her during that time will be unclean until evening. Anything on which the woman lies or sits during the time of her period will be unclean. If any of you touch her bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. If you touch any object she has sat on, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. This includes her bed or any other object she has sat on. You will be unclean until evening. If you touch it, if a man has sexual intercourse with her and her blood touches him, her menstrual impurity will be transmitted to him, and he will remain unclean for seven days, and, he, and any bed on which he, he lies will be unclean. If a woman has a flow of blood for many days that is unrelated to her menstrual period, it, or if the blood continues beyond the normal period, she is ceremonially unclean. As during her menstrual period, the woman will be unclean as long as the discharge continues. Any bed she lies on and object she sits on during the time will be unclean, just as during her normal menstrual period. If any of you touch these things, you'll be ceremonially unclean. You must wash clothes and bathe yourself in water, and you will remain unclean until evening. When the woman's bleeding stops, she must count out seven days, then she will be ceremonially clean. On the eighth day, she must bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons and present them to the priest at the entrance of the tabernacle. The priest will offer one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. Through this process, the priest will purify her better, her, her before the Lord for the ceremony and purity caused by her bleeding. This is how you will guard the people of Israel from ceremony uncleanness. Otherwise, they would die. For their impurity will defile my tabernacle that stands among them. These are the instructions for dealing with anyone who has a bodily discharge. A man who is unclean because of an emission of semen or a woman during her menstrual period. It applies to any man or woman who has a bodily discharge and to a man who has sexual intercourse with a woman who is ceremonially unclean. The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of Aaron's two sons who died after they entered the Lord's presence and burned the wrong kind of fire before him. The Lord said to Moses, Warn your brother Aaron not to enter the most holy place behind the inner curtain whenever he chooses. If he does, he will die, for the ark's cover, the place of atonement, is there, and I myself am present in the cloud above the atonement cover. When Aaron enters the sanctuary area, he must follow these instructions fully. He must bring a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. He must put on his linen tunic and the linen undergarments worn next to his body. He must tie the linen sash around his waist and put the linen turban on his head. These are sacred garments, so he must bathe himself in water before he puts them on. Aaron must take from the community of Israel two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. Aaron will present his own bull as a sin offering to purify himself and his family, making them right with the Lord. Then he must take the two male goats and present them to the Lord at the entrance of the tabernacle. He is to cast sacred lots to determine which goat will be reserved as an offering to the Lord and which will carry the sins of the people to the wilderness of Azazel. Aaron will then present it as a sin offering. 
the goat chosen by Lot for the Lord, the other goat, the escape goat chosen by Lot to be sent away, will be kept alive, standing before the Lord, when it is sent away to Azazel, in the wilderness, the people will be purified and made right with the Lord. Aaron will present his own bull as a sin offering to purify himself and his family, making them right with the Lord, and he will slaughter the bull of a, as a sin offering. He will fill an incense burner and burn coals from the altar that stands before the Lord. Then he will take up two handfuls of fragrant powder, incense, and will carry the burner and the incense behind the inner curtain. There in the Lord's presence he will put the incense on the burning coals so that the cloud of incense will rise over the ark's cover, the place of atonement. That rests on the ark of the covenant. If he follows these instructions, he will not die. Then he must take some of the blood of the bull, dip his finger in it, and sprinkle it on the east side of the atonement cover. He must sprinkle blood seven times with his finger in front of the atonement cover. Then Aaron must slaughter the first goat as a sin offering for the people and carry his blood behind the inner curtain there he will sprinkle the goat's blood over the atonement cover and in front of it just as he did with the bull's blood through this process he will purify the most holy place and he will do the same for the entire tabernacle because of the defiling sin and rebelling of the israelites no one is allowed inside the tabernacle when aaron enters it for the purification ceremony if the most high forces if the, uh, in the most high place. No one may enter until he comes out again now after purifying himself, his family, and all the congregation of Israel, making them right with the Lord. Then Aaron will come out to purify the altar that stands before the Lord. He will do this by taking some of the blood from the bull and the goat and putting it on each of the horns of the altar. Then he must sprinkle the blood with his finger seven times over the altar and this way he will cleanse it from Israelites defilement and make it holy when Aaron has finished purifying the most holy place and the tabernacle and the altar he must present the live goat he will lay both of his hands on the goat's head and confess over it all the wickedness rebellions and sins of the people of Israel and this way he will transfer the people's sin to the head of the goat, then a, a man, then a man specially chosen for the task will drive the goat into the wilderness. As the goat goes the wood to the wilderness, into the, it will carry all the people's sin upon itself into a desolated area, land. When Aaron goes back into the tabernacle, he must take off the linen garments he was wearing when he enters the most holy place. And he must leave the garments there. Then he must bathe himself with water in a sacred place and put on his regular garments and go out and sacrifice a burnt offering to himself and a burnt offering for the people. Through this process, he will purify himself and the people, making them right with the Lord. He must then burn all the fat of the sin offering on the altar. 
The man chosen to drive the scapegoat into the wilderness of Azel zeal must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, then he may return to camp. Amen. Amen. Mark, Mark chapter. I'm not done. The bull and the goat present as sin offerings, whose blood Aaron takes into the most holy place, for the purification ceremony will be carried outside the camp. The animal's hides, eternal organs, and dung are are all to be burned. The man who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water before returning to the camp. Amen. Amen. Um, Mark chapter 7, verses 1 to 23. I'm good with my tea. Uh, one day, some Pharisees and teachers of religious law. Okay, <laughs> from Jerusalem to see Jesus. They noticed that some of the disciples failed to follow the Jewish ritual of land washing before eating. The Jewish, especially the Pharisees, do not eat until they have poured water over their cupped hands, as required by their ancient traditions. Similarly, they don't eat anything from the market until they immerse their hands in water. This is but one of many traditions they have clung to, such as their ceremonial washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of religious law asked him, why don't your disciples follow our age-old tradition? They eat for, without first performing the hand-washing ceremony. Jesus replied, you hypocritical, hypocrites. hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, these people honor me with their lips, but with their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, but for they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. <laughs> For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, you skillfully sidestep God's law in order to hold on to your own traditions. For instance, Moses gave you this law from God. Honor your father and mother, and anyone who speaks disrespectfully of father or mother must be put to death. But you say it is all right for people to say to their parents, Sorry, I can't help you, for I have vowed to give to God what I would have given to you. In this way, you let them disregard their needy parents, and you cancel the word of God in order to hand down your own tradition. And this is only one example among many others. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come, Here, all you who listen, he said, try to understand. It's not what goes into your body that defiles your you. You're defiled by what comes from your heart. Then Jesus went into the house to a house to get away from the crowd, and the disciples asked him what he meant by the parable he had just used. Don't you understand either? He asked, can't you see that the food you put into your body cannot defile you? 
food doesn't go into your heart but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. Interesting. And then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within of a person's heart come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. Uh, Psalm 40 verses 11 to 17. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. For troubles surround me, too many to count. My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. I have lost all courage. Please, Lord, rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. May those who try to destroy me be humiliated and put to shame. May those who take delight in my trouble be turned back in disgrace. Let them be horrified by my shame, by their shame. For they said, ah, we got him now. But may all who search for you be filled with joy and gladness in you. May those who love your salvation repeatedly shout, the Lord is great. As for me, since I'm poor and needy, let the Lord keep me in his thoughts. You are my helper and my savior. Oh my God, do not delay, Lord. Amen. Proverbs 10, 13 to 14 says, Wise words come from the lips of people with understanding. But those lacking sense will be beaten with a rod. With wise people treasure, treasure knowledge, but the babbling of a fool invites disaster. Amen. Let me read this. Uh, Mark chapter 7, 6 through 9 says that uh, Jesus replied, You hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you, for he wrote, And these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is a farce, for they teach man made ideas as commands from God. For you ignore God's law and substitute your own tradition. Then he said, you skillfully decisive God's law in order to hold on to your own tradition. For the Pharisees obeying God's law was not about loving God. Instead, they obeyed in order to profit, to appear holy, and to heighten their reputation. Obeying God's law was a means for their own ends. They were using God's law for themselves, not for God. They had become their own God. Hypocrisy is not knowing. It's knocking at a door when we are more concerned with our reputation than with our character. If we're doing church while our hearts remain distant from God, and if we're emphasizing where we're obedient but pointing out where others are failing. You can obey God without loving Him, but we can love God without obeying His command, John 14, 15. 
But in the end, obedience without love isn't really worth your time. Paul writes that if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I do, I did. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. First Corinthians 13:3. To the Pharisees who were obeying for their own benefit, Paul responded by saying that they had gained nothing. Have gained nothing. What's motivating your obedience? If it's your reputation, feeling, or self-righteousness, long drawn habits, or is it love? interesting readings because uh, you know it's interesting when Jesus said that you change the traditions because you you say you don't have to take care of your parents because I've given your portion to the church you know they weren't using that they were using that as, as a propaganda to the regular people even the people that weren't um, weren't priests or things they say oh you don't have to take care of your parents you can give it to God you know and Jesus was standing for the parents as much to, to building up the church. Yeah, they needed something. They needed something. You know, it's, you know, he's saying, hey, point. you know, it's like, even take care of a, them. Even though there's a blessing in the tithes, you know, there's also a blessing when you honor your mother and father according to what the commandments are. And that was just one of them, you know, yeah, quite a bit of them. In the Ten Commandments, it didn't say you must tithe and give 10%, right? It's just a revelation that we should have, that if we have it, you do. Well, you got a lot of examples of 10%. You know that. Abraham gave 10%. Yeah. You know, he took, he started yeah, that. Yeah, that was before the, the law. But uh, the other part right here, it says, you know, I don't think by saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. I don't see him saying that. The Holy Spirit doesn't, doesn't, because whatever you put in your mouth defiles you, it doesn't defile. I mean, he's talking about the heart right here, and he's just trying to make the point. I mean, this is not, somebody must have put this in there. You know, by saying this, declare that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. Um, because there's a lot of verses that, that they have saying, but this is not in the original, this is not in the original. You know, they're putting in the 16th century. Um, because he's talking, you know, it goes quite out of context. He's talking about, you know, he tell you, give him the parable. It's not what goes into your body that defiles you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. And then Jesus went into the house to get away from the crowd. And the disciples asked him what he meant by parable. He just said, don't you understand either? He asked, can't you see that the food you put in your body cannot defile you? Okay. But, you know, any food that a Jewish person put in their mouth was not defilement. You know, it was not in Jesus. And that thing about Peter, that happened a while back after this. This happened first. Jesus was still there. When that thing, when, Jesus, when Peter yeah, saw that thing coming down. And, and it says, Peter, kill and eat. And then he goes and he, and he gets people saved. 
So they're so kind of, you know, saying, it's really not talking about food, it's talking no, about souls. It's and, talking about, because it says don't, don't call what I call clean unclean. Yeah, I talking so about like people. Gentiles. Yeah. yeah. And then again, right here, it just doesn't, it doesn't mix in. It's, it's not a strong argument with me. You know, he's talking basically about uh, what comes out of the heart. The heart comes defilement and so forth and everything. Well, it is in parentheses there. It says, by saying this, he declares that every kind of food is acceptable. That's not what he's declaring. He's declaring that uh, evil imaginations will come out of your heart. And don't say them. It says, it says you're going to get contaminated. But it's in the other place, he says, it's how you respond or watch out for the person that these offenses come through. If these offenses are coming out through you, whoa, to you. That, that was what defiled you. Anyway, I'll bet you there's another commentary, but... Yeah, I wonder if the other accounts... The other accounts are... I, they don't, the other accounts don't have that. That must be a Mark, right? Because he's just... Throws we, his, we are in Mark. Yeah, Mark speaks, you know... But you know, this is where a great introduction for it says, uh, What were you like before, Fernando? Well, I had evil thoughts, sexual immorality, death, murder. I don't know if that person died. Adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. But I'm not like that no more. Thank God. Thank God we're not like that no more. Yeah. That covers a lot there. Yeah, you know, and that's what we tell people that we've been delivered from. You know, with, with the foolishness, drinking, don't even have drinking, don't have thievery there, deceit, pride, huh? Lying, don't have those things. <laughs> not honoring your parents, not honoring God. Then, uh, amen. And then the other concern about cleanliness is just something else, huh? How much cleanliness, how much God did not want, uh, or how easily bacteria can spread. Yeah. You know, and, and they must. And it's interesting, he said, if you don't do this, you're going to die because, you know, the tabernacle will kill you. If, you know, you get close to the tabernacle, it'll burn you up. They're doing it for their own, for their own good. I'm going back to Mark seven verse eight. <laughs> um, are you even uh, above there?
reflect before you go in the pew. I mean, it's incredible what Matt has put. Those are easy ones compared yeah. to other religions. Yeah. I mean, you know, compared to the Muslims, yeah. you know, they're made, made, made laws. And uh, I don't know what religion it was, but some guys are still mad at the women for eating the apple. <laughs> I seen them get up, and the women, they're, they're all crying in the corner. And I go back a year later, and they're heavier, and their hairs are warm, and they're still crying on the corner. And the man, and the, and the guy comes from out of town, and he starts picking on them. You know, talking to them like that, that they're, they're wearing those long Mennonite dresses and stuff. And, they're crying because uh, Eve ate the apple. <laughs> I seen that, you know. Yeah. yeah. They were being blamed for <laughs> Eve eating the apple. And oh man. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's just you know, don't eat this, don't eat that. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Yeah, you know, um, I really believe, you know, on this. No meat, but eat all the sugar instead. (laughs) You know. So he's talking, and so you cancel the word of God in order to hands down your own traditions, and this is only one example among many others. Then Jesus called to the crowd to come to them. Now that was the argument, right? The hypocrites. Yeah, but I like the way he said that you skillfully sidestep. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you unintentionally do that. You're doing it with skill. And then, well, you know, they were greedy. They wanted the people not to give and say, hey, well, I got my parents' way at the other town. I got to give them money. He goes, no, no, no. You can better give it to God. Give it to us. We're the representatives of God. Now, that's what they were teaching. They were teaching more greed towards themselves and teaching it to the people. You see? He said, I, and, I, and try to understand, he tell, Try to. It's not what goes into your body that defies you. You are defiled by what comes from your heart. Now, he was talking, that was the same topic as this over here. Yeah. Okay, that's the same topic. You know, you're needing your, your parents. Your worship is a farce, man, you know. So in other words, it's it's their teachings that's defiling you. Mm-hmm. What's inside of their hearts. Yeah, then Jesus went into a house to get away, and they said, Don't you understand either? Yes, can't you see that the food you put in your body or, or the words, the teachings that come into you, food, food doesn't go into your heart. It teachings, they won't get you. If your spirit filled full of God, good is going to come out of your heart. You're going to take care of your, you know, so it's, it's just two yeah. common sense things and take be, care of your parents. It would be a normal thing for you to Yeah, for you to care for your parents, right. you know, stuff like right. that. Right. Um, or, you know, because they had so many of them, so he had to cut to the chase. He said, they're teaching you wrong things. From he had it, and from the, the hearts, the way they're they're doing, they're they're coming out with evil thoughts in their hearts, all this stuff, greed, wickedness, deceit. He's still talking about the the, 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 the lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defiles you, and they're and and they're 
what the Pharisees are activating in people. You know, you teach people. You teach people. Now, what if we do long, baby? It would be good to read another translation. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Mark. What translation will give it up? I'm thinking about the Message Bible. What do you think? Go ahead. Yeah, great idea. Better. Mark 7. Well, you put the right twist to it. Recording, honey. Okay, well. Hurry. Oh, he says, uh, Hang on, hang on. Let me read this. And he went out, Well, good for you. You get rid of God's commands so you won't be inconvenienced in following the religious fashions, Moses said. Respect your father and your mother, and anyone denouncing father or mother will be killed. But you weasel out of that by saying that it's perfectly acceptable to say to your father and mother, Gift what I owe you. I given as a gift to God, thus relieving yourself of obligation to father or mother. You scratch out God's word and scrawl a whim in its place. You do a lot of things like this. Jesus called the crowd together again and said, Listen now, all of you, take this to heart. It's not what you swallow that pollutes your life. It's what you vomit. That's the real pollution. When he was back at home, after being with the crowd, his disciples, we don't get it, put it in plain language. He said, are you being willfully stupid? Don't you see that what you swallow can't contaminate you? It doesn't enter your heart, but your stomach works its way through the intensive and is finally flushed. That took care of dietary quibbling. Jesus was saying that all foods are fit to eat. Now this one says the same thing. He went on, It's what comes out of a person that pollutes obscenities, lust, death, murders, adulteries. All these are vomit from the heart. There's the source of your pollution. From there, Jesus sent out. Okay, it's not. How about the good news translation? Who's got the guts? Uh, he said, that took care of dietary quibbling. That's the message Bible. He went on to say, it's what comes out of your mouth that makes you unclean. For from the inside, from your heart, comes the evil ideas which lead you to do immoral things, to rob, kill, commit adultery. All these things come from the inside you and make you unclean. In saying this, Jesus declared that all foods are fit to be eaten. Easy to read version says... When Jesus said this, he meant there is no food that is wrong for people to eat. I guess I'm not going to find a controversy.
amplifier. Vamos down. The amplifier says this thing doesn't switch over that easy. That's stuck. Amen. 